Hello, and welcome to the Keepers of the Flame podcast. This is a show to shine a light into the darkness, to empower women, their support networks, and our communities to weather breast cancer, because together we weather the storm. But on this ocean, every wave brings you closer to home. Hello and welcome back to Keepers of the Flame podcast. I'm Joyce Williams, your host, and this is episode number 38, Cancer Support, a new program in Effingham County with Marion Marshall. Y'all, it is official. Cancer definitely stinks, no doubt about it. It is one of the most challenging obstacles that a person can have to navigate through within their lifetime. That C-A-N-C-E-R word, it is hard to hear. And the treatments that follow are intense, both physically and emotionally. And the very treatments designed to save our lives often leaves us tired, weak, susceptible to other conditions such as neuropathy or lymphedema, or even simply the common cold if your white blood cells get below a certain level. And then there are things like talking to your loved ones and how to get on with a, quote, normal functioning life after having had that rug ripped out from underneath you. The voyage is long and arduous, and I always like to use the imagery of a storm. It's like leaving the safety of the shore, those waves are crashing, the sky is dark, and instead of a boat, you have a flimsy log raft tied together with vines that are somehow supposed to sustain you. Yeah, that's comforting. And here's what I've learned. And this is what I keep saying to help you reach that lighthouse of your own out in the distance. You may have to be the one that walks this walk, or in this particular metaphor, to sail this sea. But you don't have to do it alone. Together, we will weather this storm. So today, we're drawing your attention to one of these support systems. This is like one of those life preservers that's getting tossed your way while you're on your trek, helping you pull yourself back up onto that rickety raft when a wave knocks you down. Effingham County Hospital in Effingham, Georgia, has recently launched their new cancer support group. And this isn't like any old support group, though. The woman who has spearheaded this program, Marion Marshall, she's a social worker at Effingham Hospital, and we are blessed enough to have her with us today. She's going to talk about this program. She has quite the vision. Today, she's going to tell us a little bit more about this cancer support program, what it has to offer, how it is different, and what we can do to help cancer patients weather their own storms. Marion, welcome to our show today. We are so happy to have you with us. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Well, I'm really excited to let women out there hear more about this program. So I know you and I, we've spoken before, and you are super passionate about helping cancer patients of all kinds connect and gain the support that they need for their own journeys through cancer. And even those that may be in the aftermath of their storm and maybe there are no evidence of disease, but they're still dealing with those emotions that may rise. What was the catalyst? What motivated you to organize a program like this? I wanted something different. I wanted something where a safe place for people to come. Because sometimes when you're dealing with a, a severe illness, it's like you lose your voice. So I wanted a place where people can come, 
talk, but also learn about things that are out there for them. Right. The support group that I'm putting together is to help them realize that there's things that's out there, as well as deal with the emotions that come along with being diagnosed. Those that have already went through the battle and survived, they can also help each other tell their stories. Just something where people can just come together and talk. Right. And it's kind of empowering because it's giving you not only that safe space, but it's also giving you tools too. Like you have a bunch of resources that come in and, and talk to them. So those are like little tools getting put in their toolbox there of, okay, this is something that can help you if and when you need this and so forth. You have that safe people can come and talk and share their stories, but there's another layer on top of that. Yes. As well. Yes. And I wanted to design it that way because oftentimes people know that there's resources out there, but they're not aware of all the resources that are out there. So I want to make sure that I equip people with all the resources that are out there to help them with their journey. Awesome. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this as the podcast goes on. But first of all, who's able to attend these sessions? This podcast is geared towards women that are fighting breast cancer, but your support group, it's open. Who's eligible? So the support group is an open group. It's tailored for those that are currently going fighting cancer, those that have survived cancer, also the caregivers, the people that are taking care of those people during those times. Talking more about your vision, not only do you have this safe space and you have these resources come in, but you also talk about uh, a theme, right? Tell us more about that aspect to your support group. So with the support group, I always want to come with a different theme, meaning like I want to talk about different subjects, topics that somebody might be going through because everybody is different in their mindset. They're also different depending on the stages that they're going through. Those that are battling cancer, those that have survived cancer, those caregivers, family, friends, there's things that they want to talk about, but oftentimes they don't feel that they can talk about it. So I want to make a space where everybody can be heard as well as everybody can help each other. And I know that in one of the last sessions that you did, the theme was on grief. Tell, yes. tell us a little, a lot of people think that grief is just when a loved one has died and you're having yes. to process through that loss, mm-hmm. but that's not the entire picture of grief. No. Tell us more about that. So grief is something that's very real. A lot of people get mixed diagnosed with depression and they just think it's associated with, oh, I'm dealing with this, so it's going to be better, but they don't really realize that it's actually grief. Grief is something that can be, when you first get diagnosed, you can go with grief. Grief has several stages, and each stage does not have to go, like you don't have to grieve and then be angry. They they shift It's not linear. Moment. Right, it's not right. linear. They shift at any moment. The person that's battling cancer can be going through grief. The family member that's taking care of that person can be going through grief. The friend can be going through grief. But no one wants to sit and talk about it. Mm-hmm. because in society we think grief is just if someone passes away, right? and it's not. Right. You can be going through grief in your job. You can be going through grief just by hearing something, the dealing with the illness, anything. Yes. The company's lost. So it could be that loss of sense of safety. It could be loss of health. Yes. If somebody had to have something removed as a result of having had cancer, yes. there's another layer of loss there. Like mm-hmm. the life that you knew before is now very, very different. Yes. And that in and of itself is a, is a loss. It really is. And talking about the stages 
of grief, talking just a, a little bit about them. One of them is denial. Mm-hmm. What is that? So denial is once you first get diagnosed with something, a lot of times it's too much information coming in at one time. So mentally we shut down. And then when you shut down, you start denying, like, no, this is not happening. No, this can't be true. No, I'm too young. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is denial. and People don't recognize when denial is coming up. You try to mask it with other things. So I just want people to realize that, no, this is grief. And these are stages that you have to work through. It's a process. It's a process. It's not going to own you or define you. And Correct. if you are experiencing grief or any of these you know, stages of grief, then that does not negate your strength. It does not. It makes you human. Exactly. And a lot of people fail to realize that when you get help, that's when you're the strongest. Because people think that, no, I'm not going to get help. People are going to think I'm weak. People are going to think I don't want to fight. Or they're going to think true. something's wrong with me. Exactly. And right. that's not true. That right. makes you strong because you realize something is wrong and you want to help get help mm-hmm. to help you get through that. Right. I've heard that denial also, people can show that in different ways too. So maybe they're, okay, so there's the whole avoidance of, I don't want to, I don't want, it can't be happening to me, but also maybe I'm staying super busy because if I'm super busy, then I'm focusing on this stuff that's happening in my life and Correct. I'm not paying attention. That's, yes. That is a form of avoidance. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then, of course, there's shock and fear. Uh Anger is part of the stages of grief as well. Yes. That can manifest differently for people as well, right? It can. And grief is very normal. A lot of people think that it's not normal. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's normal. And it's normal to get to work through the stages. But oftentimes, when we're going through things, we shut down and we don't want nobody to help us. We think that we can help ourselves. Right. But I want people to realize that help is okay. Absolutely. And it can help you work through things. Right. I'm not saying that somebody can push you through because it's never good to just push somebody through. Right. It's working through it together. Right. Knowing that you're not alone. Exactly. Knowing that even though it might be something that you're experiencing, it's not going to be all of who you are. That there is nothing wrong with you when you are going through it and that there is light on the other side. Yes. And bargaining is another part of the one of the stages of grief. For those that aren't entirely sure what that means when you say bargaining is a stage of grief, what is that? So bargaining can be something as simple as saying, like a lot of people use prayer. God, mm-hmm. if you do this, if you take this away, then I'll do this. Right. Or what did I do to cause this? Right. So you, you're trying to supplement it with something else. And a lot of times we do that throughout life and don't even realize it. I remember very clearly, as much sense as this just does not make, I remember after my first chemo infusion and I had gone and I had shaved my head because it was going to all fall out on its own and I wanted to say when, I wanted to say how, I was feeling incredibly vulnerable in that moment. Mm -hmm. And there was a big sense of loss that accompanied even my hair, right? And I remember... Of course, being afraid. Am I going to die? Am I going to be able to watch my kids grow up? You know, all of those things that come flooding into our mind at some point in time or another. And I remember standing in my little girl's room as she had fallen asleep and I was just looking over her and I started crying and I was like, dear God, I will shave as hard as this is. I will shave my head every single day for the rest of my life. If you'll just let me be here with Mm -hmm. them, let me be their mom. Mm -hmm. So that is an example of that whole bargaining. That's a very good example. And and something key that you said is sometimes when you get diagnosed with things and you don't know what's going on, you try to have that control. Oh my god. You try That's to control my word. the things <laughs> by 
Okay, let me do this. Let me do this first. I don't want this to control me. I want to control it. So a lot of times we take that and we try to control everything that's going on. Instead of going through the process, we just try to, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You try to push yourself too fast. Right. Sometimes you have to pace yourself and allow others to come in to help you, talk through it with you. Right. A lot of times we don't want that help because society has you feeling that if you get help, then you're less than when that's not the case at all. Right. So that was really important that you had that whole, in one of your sessions, that you had that whole conversation about what grief is because a lot of people don't necessarily realize that. Yes. I want to circle back to some of the things that makes your support group different. And one of those things that I noticed was that you also have, in addition to those that are walking this walk, as well as their caretakers, there are also individuals that work at the hospital that have attended as well. And that, I think that's pretty unique to your program as well. Yes, because I want them to understand how people are feeling that are going through it. Not only are you working with these people, but you need to understand these people and hear the things that they are going through. Also hear the things that are offered. So if I'm not there, you can help somebody else. Absolutely. And so these patients really get that whole sensation that they are not alone, not only in those physical treatments that they have to go through when they go to their regular appointments, but in their entirety. It kind of brings this circle of support all the way around. Okay, we got your back. Yes. We're here when you need your treatment. Now let's listen and find out what else are you dealing with? Are you having trouble talking to your children about what may be going on or things at work, being able to get there or, you know, any of these added things that come up outside of that treatment room, exactly. they're able to hear. Yes. And so they get a better a better perspective, a better lens so that they can turn, can better assist their patients. Exactly. Because when you're going through things, sometimes you think the closest people that are to you don't understand. So you need to know that there's others there that have heard what you have said, have seen some of the things that you're going through, and can understand and talk to you. Right. And then they're, they're not only there to provide that for those patients, but then, like, if not everybody was able to come, if the professionals hear about some of these resources that are there that you have come in and say, hey, listen, we offer this to the community, they can go, oh, I didn't know that was there. And then if they have a patient leader that has experienced something, they can be like, well, look at here. This is something that we have in our community and yes. can help in that manner as well. Yes, exactly. That's pretty awesome. So this is really, the support system is not just people coming to talk about their personal trials through cancer. It's that element plus all these other layers on top of it that really bring about that full rounded level of support. Yes, I want to make sure that it's support all around you. Every element, every aspect from the doctors, the nurses that are caring, even the lady that's at the front desk is taking your information. I want everybody to be on one accord to help each other through. That really does brighten that light so that people don't feel alone. Tell us a little bit about how a typical session will run, the formatting of it. So when people first come in, what can they expect? So when you first come in, when people are sitting around, I like for people to talk, get to know each other as well. And then when we first begin, I like to start off with what's out there, what's mm -hmm. out there to offer. Once we talk about the things that are out there, then we'll go on a specific topic. I don't want it always to be topics that I come up with, or if somebody's dealing with something, we can talk like the last session. 
Mm-hmm. A lady was dealing with something. So we talked about it. And I asked the others in the group because I don't want it just me talking. I want to hear other people's voices. So I asked them, can you help that person? Mm-hmm. Can you help your sister? Can you help your brother out? Right. Because I don't have all the answers. Right. And I look at things as I'm still learning. Well, this is the whole idea that together we weather. Like everybody can bring a little bit to the table to help create that ultimate support. Yes, Exactly. Now, you've already had a handful of sessions, and you were talking about some of these resources that come in and educate your group on what's out there, which is incredible because there's some really amazing things that are out there that I had no idea were even a thing. And so to be able to come here and go, oh my gosh, if somebody needs that, they can get help with it. Let's talk a little bit about some of these resources. Well, first of all, I was very blessed. You had me come as part of Keepers of the Flame to come and talk to women. So I was, thank you very much for having me come for that because we have obviously this podcast that people are listening to. And then there's the online Breast Cancer Resource Center, which is our, our website, togetherweweather.org. But in addition to that, you've had quite a few resources come. One of them was Live Strong. Tell us about that. So Live Strong is a program that the YMCA offers. It's a program that helps you do exercise and they start where you are. Mm -hmm. So they don't push you past the point of where you can't go, but they work with you. Because a lot of times we forget that aspect that not only do you need to stay mentally well, but physically as well. You're able to still do some things. A lot of times when we get diagnosed with things, we think we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. We sit down. But it's good not only for your physical health, but for your mental health to get out there. Yeah, so I was going to say that. Getting active and being able to improve yourself physically actually does have an effect on your emotional healing as well. Yes. And one thing that's cool about Live Strong is that it's free. Yes. It's free for anybody that has had a cancer diagnosis at any point in time in their life. Any cancer diagnosis. And a lot of times people want to look at the bigger diagnosis of cancer, like breast cancer or lung cancer. But it can be even you've been diagnosed with it, you're in remission. They still offer services for you. So that's a good resource that's out there. Right. Another resource that you had come and talk to us was FOX, Physical and Occupational Therapy House Calls for the Geriatric Population. Briefly, what was that one about? So Fox Rehab is where they offer physical therapy, occupational therapy at the home. So if you're not able to make it out to like the YMCA, they're able to come to your home and offer services as well. So again, it's still working with your physical health. Then you also had some resources like um, Open Arms, which services Brian Chatham, Effingham, and Liberty Counties. They help with Things like meal planning, transportation, helping with laundry, errands, companionship, that kind of thing. And then you had some that do uh, similar things like the DJ's home care. Um, and there were some concierge services as well that had come and talk. And then you also had the American Cancer Society. Can you give us a brief understanding about what they do? So American Cancer Society offer a lot of things that people are unaware of. One thing that I like is, say, if you have to go out of state for treatment, they're able to put you in a hotel and lodge you for free, help you get to the treatment and back to the hotel if you have to go for um, a couple of days or things like that. So it's very supportive. They also offer transportation for those that are unable to get to treatment. And they have a lot of other little resources that are out there that people have not tapped into. Right. I've heard that they have something called Reach to Recovery, which is matching breast cancer patients 
with other breast cancer patients that have had a similar diagnosis. So you can talk to somebody that's been in a similar situation. Yeah, so it's kind of like a companionship to help you work through and also to let you see some of the successes that have happened, which is a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I know when I was diagnosed and I got to talk with women that had been there and done that, just they became like my lighthouses in the distance. They helped me realize that, okay, I might be in a very dark, gloomy place right at the moment, but there is hope and I can get there. I just need to put one foot in front of the other and rely on my support system around me and take it one bit at a time. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, when you talk to people, you're, you're kind of like, they don't really understand what I'm going through. But when you have somebody that has been there and then can talk to you, then they do give you that hope. Yeah, they know what this adversity is. Yes. They get me. They get mm-hmm. me. What are some uh, future topics that you plan to cover in your support groups? I want to have um, one of the doctors come and just talk to have that intimate time with the doctors as a group to talk about once they're diagnosed, what the treatment's going to look like, things like that. Also have one of the nurses that works in the chemo room to come and talk about the medications, the reactions, things that you can expect. I'm trying to work together to get a cooking class. I don't want it to just be sad right, a lot right. of time. I want empowering to make it fun, life. empowering, right. exactly. So I want to get a cooking class where we can cook, laugh, talk, but also have a topic associated with it. Right. One thing that I had a nurse practitioner tell me that I think this is huge for any anybody having any cancer treatment whatsoever to hear is that, you know, those reactions, those side effects that you might get from chemo, it's important to have that very open, authentic, candid conversation with your provider and be like, hey, I'm experiencing this or hey, I'm experiencing that. And one thing that she had told me was that sometimes people get afraid and they don't want to say that I'm experiencing this because they're afraid that they're going to change and they're going to get some kind of inferior treatment. Mm -hmm. And what she told me, and I think this is huge, is that it's not that they're going to get an inferior treatment. It's that a large percentage of the time they started your first treatment based off of your height and your weight. And then they always have to tweak it one way or another, depending on you, every person's cancer, every person's body and how they handle it, their metabolism and so Mm -hmm. forth. It's very different. So keeping this information from your provider isn't helping you. They can only tweak it. And the tweaking is, is not bad. It's good. It's for your best interest. It's not giving you something inferior. Mm -hmm. It's helping them tailor it for you. That's so true. So the take-home message there is make sure that whatever side effects you're having, that you are completely open with your provider about them. Don't try to hide anything. And then what I want to say with that is um, I want to just give you an example of when you hold stuff back or you think that you can't tell them or you don't want to because of fear. Think of it like this. Some people have a fear of coming to the hospital, but a lot of time that fear comes because... When something's wrong, they don't go to the doctor. So when it's too late, then they have to wind up in the hospital. It has nothing to do with a hospital. It has to do with you knowing something's going on with your body and just not saying something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, it comes to that fear of getting help. You are the only one that knows your body. So you have to let us know or let the professionals know, hey, this is going on. If we don't know, we can't help you. That's that right there is huge. If they don't know, they can't help you. So you have to use your voice and tell them. Yes. So that together you can maximize your treatment plan. Yes. 
Tell us about PTSD. A lot of times people will think that that is simply somebody that has been off to war and come back. But the reality is that can exist after a cancer diagnosis or cancer treatments as well. Tell us tell us how and why that rolls in. So PTSD can come upon you or on others if there's a traumatic event. Think about it. When you're diagnosed with cancer, that's very traumatic. That changes yeah. your life. So your life that was no longer is. You have to adapt to how your life is now. Right. So a lot of times you, you go through that depression. You get scared of, oh, I went through that. I don't want to go through that. I tried chemo. Chemo made me very sick. I don't want to try it again. Mm -hmm. It's like you try to take on the world without help. You try to do everything on your own. Again, it goes back to that control. Because a lot of times when you're going through cancer, when you're going through the chemo or radiation, you lose control. It's like your life, like you lose control of everything. So you try to control something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's something that you're trying to control. You can't control. It's out of your control. And it's not because it makes you weak or anything like that. It's just sometimes you need others to help you through, right. to talk you through. So a lot of times just by talking can help you get through a lot of things. But right. people shut down and they don't want to talk. You don't have to do this by yourself. You do not. Control is like the awesome. For those that have listened to my podcast episodes, they know that that's my thing. I make control <laughs> freak and it bugged me immensely when this whole cancer thing happened. Yeah. Because I didn't have control over so many big pivotal moments. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest lessons that I've had to learn, and I'm still a work in progress on this one, is to let go of those things that you can't control and focus on the ones that you can. Exactly. And when you make that shift and you can focus on those small things, it is empowering. So yes. what are those small things? Well, one of them could be I'm going on this day to come to the cancer support group. That's something you can do. Yes. You can get yourself in the car. You can drive there. You can go. You can talk to people that are there. That's mm -hmm. control. Yes. Right? Yes. Another thing that you could do, like if you have to have chemo and you're going to lose your hair. I know one thing that I did is I shaved it because I wanted to say when. I want to say how. These are small things that maybe we might not be able to control every big pivotal moment. Mm -hmm. But when we take ownership of that, well, I can do this and take ownership of that, then those little things, they really aren't so little anymore. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people are used to being caregivers. So when the table's turned and somebody has to care for you, you don't know how to accept it because you're so used to doing things for other people. Cannot tell you the number of women that have told me that. Yeah. Like, I can't ask for help. I'm the one that's supposed to be taking care of somebody else. That is definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. But the reality is... If you are needing help, it doesn't make you any less able to offer help when the tables are turned again. It just means that you're accepted. Mm -hmm. You're part of the group. You're part of the family. You're part of the tribe. You are loved when people yes. are there to be able to help you. Yeah. A lot of times when you show your vulnerability, it helps people. It, it helps them realize some things that they have taken for granted. It also helps them realize how they can care for you. And a lot of times... When caring for someone, that makes you happier. A lot of people think, I don't want to be a burden on somebody. Right. That's not being a burden. Because by you talking and communicating, because a lot of times when you go through things, you cut communication off. I want you to remain open, able to talk to somebody. If you think that you can't talk to that somebody that's close to you, find somebody that you're able to talk to. Right. You know, Brene Brown does, um, she's done a lot of research on shame and she's got some amazing books out there. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Me too. But the, the take-home point that she says is that, and, and you started talking about this, about vulnerability. 
a lot of people want to keep stuff to themselves because I have to put on this I have my shit together Mm -hmm. face. But what she found in her research is that vulnerability, what did she say? Vulnerability is the birthplace of love and connection. Exactly. Help us yes. understand more. What What is she saying when she means that? Why yes. is that a thing? So when people look at vulnerability, people always associate vulnerability with being weak. But let's think about this thing. Because when you're vulnerable, when you're able to express how you feel, it makes you strong, actually. Because it's not just you fighting this alone or you're dealing with something. You're allowing somebody in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we fear letting somebody in because we don't want to get hurt. But it's not living if you don't try. So sometimes you have to try. You have to be vulnerable. You have to talk to people. Right. And that scares people a lot. Right. Vulnerability is something that really scares people. Oh, yeah. Been there. Been there. <laughs> but but it is true that it's the birthplace of love and connection. And the thing about vulnerability is what people might not necessarily realize is that we are all human and we are all going through something. Nobody, yes. if you look at them on their outside, nobody has their shit together. That's correct. Like we are all dropping it somewhere, yes. right? Like we all have something that we're going through. So when somebody can see you're being authentic in your vulnerability, then it's like, oh my gosh, it's okay. Look at how amazing that person is and all that they're able to accomplish and yet they still have a moment they still have a fall they still feel then it puts it into perspective that i'm not doing something wrong either when i feel this way i can still own all of these good things about my own life and recognize that this emotional piece here is part of me but it's not going to be my entirety either i don't have to put on this fake face Mm-hmm. To the world, I can be completely 100% me, and that's okay. And people are going to love you for you. Right. And a lot of times when you show who you are and what you're going through, that makes people love you more, even more. And if you just open up and not fear it, you'll see that others mm-hmm. are going through things. And someone might be going through the same thing that you're going through. And when you open up, you help that person. Right. So you never know the life that you can touch unless you open up. And how much richer your own life will be when you do. Yes. There is great benefit that comes from that love and support, and that happens through vulnerability. Yes, and it's like a relief. It is. Once you open up. So going back to some logistics with your program here, where else do you plan to take it? You said one day you want to eventually do field trips. Yes, I want to get out in community. I want to do things. I want to do fun things. One day I want to have where we can go bowling or do something, just do something as a support and have fun. Right. I always want to have fun with it because a lot of times when you're going through things, you forget about it. People take on that thing as them. Like you get diagnosed with cancer. And you take on cancer as you. When cancer is not you, it's just something that you're going through. Right. So through it all, I want to make sure that you can still laugh. You can still have fun right. while you're battling. Right. It's the whole package deal. It's yes. not just this one little glimpse of your life. It's the whole thing. And learning to incorporate all of that is part of healing. Yes. And real quickly, mindfulness and grounding. How advantageous can that be for our cancer patients? 
So going back to taking field trips, like going to a nature park, sitting out, having a group outside, feeling the sun on you, be in an open space where you can see nature and ground you to the fact that there's life still going on. Right. Your life still matters and it's, and it's right. still going on. So going somewhere else outside of four walls, allowing people to open up. Because sometimes, you know, when, when you feel like you're closed in, you feel that you can't open up. Right. And some things remind you of that. And just being in the same place and doing the same thing over and over, it doesn't help one. Right. It helps break that confinement when you feel more in touch with the world around you. Exactly. When you can ground yourself and you feel the ground beneath you, all the things that you you feel, you hear, you see, and you can really connect with nature. Mm -hmm. It helps you connect with the entire world around you and then also with With your own being. Yes. And it helps to take ownership of you. Yes. And that is healing. Yes. Helps you stay present in that moment and recognizing that, okay, I might not be able to control what's going to happen in a year or 10 years or even tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but I have this moment right now. Yes. And you have your life, most important. And there becomes a sense of peace with that and learning that is really important skill. Mm Mm-hmm. Like one thing that that I remember that I'll never forget is when I was in college, I had environmental science and I thought it was, I was like, "Mm, I'm a grown up. I don't want to do field trips. I'm too old to do field trips. But we went out and we went out to the trees and he just wanted us to listen. Right. Because a lot of times our minds are going because we're trying to figure out, okay, what's next? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And sometimes you have to just pause. I like that. Take a pause. And just listen. Mm-hmm. listen to everything else and let your mind calm down. Right. And you need those moments. You do. Because those moments, even though, like, I think we're on a go, 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 go mm-hmm. mentality, especially when you're diagnosed with cancer, you're like, I need to get this out. I need to squish it. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly going. But one of those healing elements is being able to own the journey, take those deep breaths, own your moment. Right. Be you right. through the process. You don't have to like the process exactly. at all. Exactly. But you have to exhale. You Exactly. You have to breathe. You have to own you. Mm-hmm. How often are sessions held? Currently, they're held um, every other month. Mm-hmm. That's until I get a big following or a big group. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have it every month. I'm very flexible. You know, whatever works for the group, that's where I'll move. If they need it to be on a weekend, I can do that. Right. If they need it to be, you know, later, earlier, all you have to do is just let me know what's best for you. Because, again, this group is for you. It's not for me. Oh, that's beautiful. So, again, use your voice, people. Exactly. You need help with something. Speak up and say, hey, listen, this sounds like something that I could really use right now. I can't come on such and such day. What are your other options? Cause, exactly. Because the whole point of the program is to assist them through this process. Exactly. I want to be there for you, but you have to let me know what's convenient for you. So if somebody is interested in attending this cancer support group, where are they located? Where should they come? Currently, they're located at Effingham Hospital in Kiefer Hall. They're usually at 5 o'clock. And the reason why they're at 5 o'clock is because I did a survey. And I put the survey out to ask what times were convenient. So right now, they're actually held on Wednesdays. Every group, I ask the group what's convenient for them. What time is best for them? What day is best for them? So that you're really tailoring it to their own needs. Yes. So if they are interested in coming, how do they sign up? Do they just come? Is there a contact that they can call for more information? 
Yes. So you can contact me. My number is 912-754-2674. And that's, again, Marion Marshall. She's a social worker here at Effingham Hospital. Yes, ma'am. Or you can email me at Marion, M-A-R-I-A-N, dot Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, at EffinghamHospital.org. You can send me an email let me know. And this group is not just for those that are currently coming to the cancer center here at Effingham. So if they're able to get to this hospital and they maybe they had their treatment down in Savannah, but they live in Effingham, if they want to come to this support group, because I know that's a thing too, like sometimes people, um, maybe their doctor is all the way down there, but they live here and they're like, I need support and they don't have it anywhere. It's still open to anybody that's had cancer. It's open. And you are welcome. If you just want to show up, show up. Right. I will be happy to help you. And if people are wanting to learn more about this, then they can go to the Effingham Hospital's website. And we'll put we'll put on our website, too, some information. You let us know when the, your classes are, and we'll try to post it up on our website, togetherweweather.org, and also on our Facebook page as well, to try to let people know when the next one's going to be. But if ever they have any questions, they are welcome, as always, to give you a shout. Please do. Feel free to contact me at any time. Is there any cost? It's totally free. It's free. All I need is a smile. Oh, I love it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and on days where you might not be able to get that, that's okay. We've got one for you. You can borrow. Yes. All right. <laughs> what advice do you have for patients who maybe they aren't local, but they're needing support? What can they do or how can they go about finding a support system in their own areas? Finding the support. A lot of times what people don't realize is if you ask, it can be created. It took one patient to ask about it mm-hmm. and say that she really wanted it. And mm-hmm. we made it happen. Right. So just ask. This goes back to using your voice. Exactly. Speaking up, saying what you need and letting there be no shame for that. Because look what happens. One person speaks up and says, hey, this could be helpful. And now this whole program is available for the community. Exactly. That's pretty amazing. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this program specifically? I want you to come out and experience it for one time. Again, I'm very flexible and I want to make the group work for you. So please come out, talk to me, let me know some ideas because you may have some ideas that I haven't even thought of. Right. And I'm very open to those. Right. The whole idea, the whole purpose is to help on that track so that you're not alone. Use your voice. Come on out. Ask those questions. Say what you need. And I work for you. I want you to remember that. Yeah. This is my last question. And it is my most favorite question I ask everybody because it hits at the heart of what my purpose is in trying to put together these podcasts. What is one thing that you would like women who may be diagnosed today or tomorrow to walk away from this episode knowing? I want you to know that you're not alone. And we're all in this together. So please open up and talk. Remember, you're the expert of your body, so you know what's going on. Don't be afraid to let your voice be heard. Awesome. And don't think that in doing so that that makes you weak, because you said that beautifully before, that that's actually a a sign of your strength. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We are very, very blessed to have had you with us. And I'm really excited to see where support group goes. And I'm excited about the resources and the opportunities that you have available for our community. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so humbled to be here. And for those of you that are listening at home, thank you again for joining us. If this cancer support group sounds like something that could benefit you, tonight is the night of their next session. So head on over there 
It will be at 5 p.m. tonight. That's February 19th. It's at Effingham Hospital in Kiefer Hall. So we hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening. Until next week, don't forget that together we weather this storm. You are never alone.